0: Just let it flow. You don't have to look so serious.
1: Mm -hmm. Welcome, Helen, to the Execute Now podcast. Hi. How many months now since I last saw you? I
2: want to say a year ago now.
1: A year ago. Time flies. Yeah. Time flies. Mm. So welcome. And then we have the great nerd in a seat today. <laughs> Hello, Fauzi.
0: That's not my name. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't introduce myself the last yeah. time because you introduced me as the nerd you claim I am. So right. I'll introduce myself
1: now. Go um, for it.
0: My name is Fauzi, and I work with Israel at this company that we both work at. But yeah.
1: it's 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 fun to have the two of you here today. And I know it's um it's a Monday evening. We're both from work, which is perfect. of what we want to talk about but before we even get into the topic um helen do you want to dig a little bit deeper into your your background because it's two against one today Mm -hmm. Um, we we want to learn from you we want to tap into your experience we want to tap into your the last year of your life basically but before that conversation will make sense, tell us a little bit more about yourself
2: sure um Hi, I'm Helen. I, um, I am an ex-banker, you could say. Well, I used to work in finance. I am currently a uh, an analyst in the civil service. I work in the department for education and my team deals with everything around um, apprenticeships, funding policy. Um, so, what are my hobbies? I absolutely love Football. Uh, I play futsal, which is a a more niche type of football that's typical to Latin America. And um, so, yeah, I play for the FA National League. uh, So you guys should represent and come and watch us if you can uh, next season. And I am passionate about all things education and social mobility. So, I, um, I'm a tutor, a primary school tutor as well, and I'm on the board of a, uh, a startup called Cydea, and it is a company that looks at getting female women into cybersecurity roles. So, specifically women that are transitioning um, later in their career. Um, and I look, you know, very new to this tech space and I'm looking to get into cyber security and
1: training. Interesting. So, yes. so you made a move from finance into civil service, mm-hmm. which is, which is interesting. Fauzi says she doesn't understand why people make such drastic moves.
3: <laughs> we'll okay. get to
1: that. So talking about um, switching careers, mm-hmm. I guess the broader, product- theme that we want to tackle today is actually the switching lanes so for people who start off in one bit of their life and want to switch into another or just want to make that move along the way whether it's in the professional space or in the personal space whether you want to jump ship and actually start a passion of your own yep i was i was doing some reading and um there's a forbes article which actually says you take a thousand twenty something year olds and 51 percent of them want to start all over again Probably between the first and second year of their careers or whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Reason for that is they find there is a mismatch between what they really want to do and what they're doing. So either you take that job after uni or you start that gig right after school, and it's just that thing you kind of find yourself doing yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And then for people who actually want to be in like corporate job, about seven percent of them actually change every six months. Every six months. Every six wow. months. Wow. Okay. And in general. People actually say for your lifetime, let's say you start working at, let's just say 20, and you say end at your retirement age, you'd probably move jobs five to seven times. So it's it's very crucial and it's something we cannot ignore that career changes or making switches along the way as we grow and as we continue to execute on our dreams, it's a fundamental bit of like the journey on which we're on. But more so for the millennial population, I think we're doing it way more than any other generation that's surfaced on this earth now, and which is what we want to tap into your experience and understand the why and the how. So for people who want to do it, how do they go about it? How do they squash all the excuses as to why they haven't done it, but also understand the driving forces behind wanting to make those moves. And then basically we can just like learn whether you regret the move, whether you're happy, mm-hmm. yeah. how do you survive the move, stuff like that. So, ready?
3: Let's get to it.
1: Just to try and compare what you are doing at this
0: company mm-hmm. to what you're doing now. Um, just to try and paint a picture to everyone who's watching or listening. Yeah. The stock difference, the how big a move it is. What, what What's your day-to-day like now and how does it differ Gosh. from what you were doing
2: Um Okay. Summary is that the only similarity is that I also answer emails in my new role. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Like pretty much. Um, so the soft skills stay the same. So yep. knowing how to speak to people, knowing how to like you know, inv- you know, set up catch ups and yep. you know, build your network. That sort of stuff stays the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my old role, it was very technical. I was yep. dealing crunching Excel. Right, right. All day, and I loved it. I've,
0: you did. Yes. Okay. When you said crunching Excel all day, I was about to say, "Oh boy, she didn't." No, you really <laughs> enjoyed uh, it. Yes. Wow. I okay. Know I'm very embarrassed to say. It, <laughs> you, you shouldn't be. It's, it's fine. <laughs>
2: um. So um, it was great. Um, and you know, the, you're dealing with a lot of data. Like I said, I was analyzing quite a few uh-huh. uh, mutual funds. Yeah. Uh, for clients, and I was doing a variety of things as well. So. A uh, very varied uh, role. <clears throat> and then I move into uh, the policy role that I'm in now. I'm not crunching numbers in the same way I used to. I oh, don't I okay. really use Excel as much. What we do is we uh, we, we draft policy papers. Okay. So our deliverables are eventually when we evaluate policies that we want to in- introduce into mm-hmm. the market. So something to do with apprenticeships funding right we evaluate them we go out to the lawyers we collect data from research houses we can uh, speak to our in-house economists statisticians we have like a load of researchers that work for us um wow, on, okay. to support us yeah you put it in a long policy paper to send to the um, ministers um and they can decide what they want to do about it so the dynamic in the civil service is very different in that you have uh, the ministers who are elected mm-hmm. by the populace. Yes. And then you have the civil servants who are there to serve the government of the day. So
0: interesting. Okay. Um,
2: so we are the experts in our policy areas. Yep. But ultimately, whenever we um, send through advice, they can choose whether to take our advice or not. Wow. OK. The double hurt. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes so a lot of the time they do like they take our advice either in its entirety or yeah. bits bits of it um and then they can choose whether to maybe realign it with a political agenda or i see okay what, right you know what issues are more, most important in society at the time so um most know, important for their re-election the, the people <laughs> yeah, vote sorry, for ministers um so <laughs> I think to, you know, we respect the democracy by just serving the ministers who are there because of you guys. Okay. Fair enough. Interesting. So be careful who you vote for.
1: <laughs> so then with that experience and like being able to do some very fun stuff, at what point did you begin to think about switching lanes?
2: That's a good question. I will say, and this is going to sound quite bad, I, I <laughs> it was... I'd say probably about a year into the role, right? I started thinking, well, eventually I'd like to try something new. Mm. That was just like the beginning of the thought. But I didn't know when, I didn't know what the new thing was going to be, um, but it was just a thought, and I banked it in the back of my head. right? And then I carried on. And then I'd say six months after that, I started realizing I actually quite enjoy my job. Um, I like it here. Um, the role challenges me uh, for now, yeah. but I can see a point in about six months to a year's time where I would have probably learned everything there is to to learn. Mm. Um, so then I started looking at the range of positions within the firm that were available. Right. Um, so that when the time comes in about an, another six months or so that I will be ready to move into. And I'd say that's that's where it started
0: so do you think if you hadn't had that original thoughts that you know um i think at some point in time i'd want to have a change do you think you would have still ended up in the same place
2: the same place now the
0: same place now yeah
2: i think i would have you think you would have yeah um so i'm the type of person i it doesn't i think as as soon as i feel like i've learned everything i'm ready for the next challenge Mm. Um, now for me at the time, the next challenge was, would have been what people perceive to be probably the most challenging area of the bank, which would be Merging Acquisitions, Mm. um, M&A for short. Yeah. And that's what I was looking into. Um, and, um, I tried lots of opportunities to try and get into the area unsuccessfully. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I thought other than that, I didn't. There's nothing else that would really interest me or challenge me in the in the way that I thought. So when you say yeah, challenge that, that I would like.
0: Do you mean technical, technical challenges? Technical
2: challenge, yeah. um, in terms of and also like how demanding it is um, on your time and how efficient you have to be, That's sort right, of right, everything right. around the role. Interesting. I'm probably one of the few people in the world that would say I actually was attracted to <laughs> the, the 18 hour lifestyle really like i want yeah like i okay. wanted to get in there for, yeah. for at least a little while to so yeah. just yeah. to see what people were talking about i mean it, it can't be that hard um, until you're there right? <laughs> until you're there, <laughs> until you're there. Yeah. so i just wanted to see what they were talking about and then um so after you know trying a few like a few times to try and get into those roles yeah. um i realized that there was nothing else that within finance that i'd be interested in so then i started looking elsewhere um and then um i thought i don't know what i want to do like this (laughs) just i'd never really thought about leaving finance i'm the type of person that i was just i was bred for finance like
0: you did a finance degree something similar
2: i studied economics oh okay at warwick which is your typical warwick Mm. economics school is we we're bred for finance, <laughs> consulting, or big four. Yeah. Right. Um, and those are the basic career options that everybody, almost everybody goes into. Mm. Um, and I'd never really had the chance to widen my horizon and think about what I wanted to do for the long term um, until that moment. And then I was thinking, gosh, I have no idea. I spoke to my mentors, I spoke to a few friends, And then I said, let me try something to do with, like, my really long-term ambition, which was social mobility and education. Right. So, uh, initially, when I first started working, the plan was to make it big in finance because we heard they paid.
1: (laughs) We heard. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds sounds like a very disappointed candidate. Uh, Well, you know
2: you get there, um so you, you know you hear about the glory days you know the pre crisis days the yeah. you know, cruise ship parties yep. Yep. yeah yeah <laughs> that was not the world we we started in and right. i think so typical youngster i thought let me make it big in finance make my money yep. and then we can retire early at maybe like 40 yep. and then go and do some good for the world at least um, 40
1: i i I want to be done in like 10 years. 10 years? Like 35. Wow. I'm off the market. What
2: part of finance do you work in?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should tell Helen. I think she'll move back. Yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> the, part, <laughs> the part that pays the least. The term, like, um, so,
2: um, yeah. So basically, the retirement project was education and social mobility back home, which is Nigeria. Right. And then I thought... Let me maybe start now doing things that will sort of put me on that path earlier yeah. than I thought um, I wanted to.
1: <laughs> so you spoke about um, having that click or having that realization mm-hmm. that you, you wanted to make a move. And yes. Then down the line, you began to make or have a think around what you wanted that move to feed into, which was your long-term goals. Yeah. But that is just like one of the reasons why people move. Yeah. A lot of people move for the money. Yeah. I, I would move for the money. Stats actually show that 50% of, again, 1,000 respondents would move for the money and would move before hitting at least two years in a specific role. Mm -hmm. Because it also shows that when you move quite early and you move a lot of times during your career, you actually get um, a pay raise. Mm -hmm. So I I was checking out this thread on Twitter and this lady said, oh, within a year, I have changed roles three times and my salary has gone up 171% right so money is like a big driver like people move for the money people move because their industries are dying or their roles are dying and they look into the future and like that role is not going to be there and some people just kind of move for work-life balance or flexibility i want to be able to like like you said you wanted to experience the 18 hour life but some people want to do the 10 hour live or the 8 hour live they want to do the nine to five go home have a cup of coffee watch love island go to bed Mm -hmm. you know where any of these reasons part of like your bigger um long term i want to do like civil service kind of stuff
2: yeah so okay why did i move i moved for a number of reasons let's hear all of them (laughs) oh gosh okay let me try and list them very quickly not money i took a massive pay cut Mm. more on that later um (laughs) the the first reason was um i did uh, a review of how I was spending my time. Um, right. So, I I wanted to test the eighteen-hour lifestyle, but not for the long term. I think it's something good to to do to get the tenacity and to you know get the work ethic, that sort of thing, mm. very early on. Yeah. And I found that actually towards the end of my time in my role, I was starting to get that we had. Um, Quite a lot of team turnover like turnover in my team um so i was getting a lot more workload um and that i think naturally extended my it extended my hours and yep. it extended like just how productive i had to be So right. i felt like i got that experience even without moving into banking um so at that point, I thought, okay, great. I've done it. I survived. Excellent. <laughs> survived. <laughs> now, I'm um, sort of looking into other ways that I can spend my time. So I can, I can either work 18 hours or I can work eight hours and spend the rest studying or doing something that can enhance my profile or just widen my horizon, learn mm. something new. Mm. Um, and so I chose the... That combination instead so I'd, I'd say I'm probably still working as much as I did before it's just that half the time it's work to um, like fulfilling work to advance education in society yeah and then the other time is to um, fulfill my own personal needs and development um, aims right so that that was the first one is just making sure I split my time well and that I'm not spending all my time um, just working. Yeah, so was, money wasn't part of it. Money was not part of it. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I guess you could call it work-life balance yeah. in summary. Um, what was the second reason? The second reason was that I found that working very long hours changed my personality in, a, in ways that I didn't like. So you guys might know this, mm. you, you know this feeling. <laughs> Straight face, yeah. Straight face. <laughs> we don't give it away though.
1: <laughs>
2: so like working really long hours, especially in finance, you're in a bubble, and you become really impatient with the outside world. You're just like, why are they so inefficient? <laughs> uh, I got here three minutes ago, and I still don't have my coffee in my hand. Why? Yeah. Or like. I phoned Barclays, I phoned you two times now to unlock my account, why do I have to do it twice? Things that are actually quite normal, yeah. you start getting really impatient with and grouchy about, and I've noticed that about myself. And I, I was like, this is because I spend too much time working mm, yeah. and not enough time in the normal world. Right. Um, and so I wanted to basically adjust my personality and rebalance
1: that's an interesting reason to, that's the second to reason.
2: Make a move. Yeah. um and the third reason was i think related to the second one was just to spend more time with like friends and family um because one of my longest got well, for the longest time i've always wanted to um inspire i never knew what that meant right but i quickly realized that if i'm not spending time with people and telling them my story
3: Mm.
2: and advising the youngsters how do i expect to inspire working in finance alone isn't enough um and it's certainly you can't inspire in the right way if your temperament isn't in the right place either Uh, so I think those are the three main reasons why I chose to but that was good.
0: So, um you you mentioned you were you were playing around with this idea of leaving for a while. It was kind of ticking along at the back of your head, but I'm just curious, was there a specific moment in time, like a specific event that made you think, gosh, I need to I need to get out of here. I need to I need to work on the thing that I'm passionate about
2: uh yes there were a couple of events um i'll say um so the first one so i mentioned that it was around a year into the role that i thought i'd like to try something new eventually um and then i'd say in the six months for or like after about six months i started looking internally at no i see and the feedback that i got constantly was that Um, when I was trying to move into an entirely different role was that you are too specialized or too experienced to move in as a brand new grad. Interesting. And you are not experienced enough to work in this area as a lateral move.
3: I
0: see.
2: So I was in this weird limbo phase where if i had stayed in my current role, I wouldn't have gotten any more relevant experience. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't really go back and start as a grad because I've got too much experience to start afresh. And I think it was at that point where I thought actually staying any longer in my role wouldn't really do me any mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And if not these types of roles, then I'm not interested in anything else in finance.
1: Would you right have taken now? the L and started afresh in say banking? Like you wanted to do MA and Yeah,
2: or? absolutely. You would have? Yes.
1: But were, were they willing to offer you that for you to start all over?
2: No, I was too experienced.
1: <laughs> but that was your choice, though. What if you said to them, "I actually"? I want had to do too it?
2: much experience. Yeah, that that's exactly how the conversation went. It was like mm. I would absolutely I will take the cut. I do not really mind. I'll start all over again as if I've just come out of uni. Um, and it was just not not really an option. Mm. Um, so then I was like, okay. That's it for finance. Thank you very much. Um, I'll be on my way. But I just didn't know what else I wanted to go into. Right. Um, And I think it was at that moment when I realized that staying longer and working on maybe like my profile, my experience. I did modeling exercises in my spare time. I could model Mm, like pick out a company in the FTSE 100. I could model it for you in like very like in a good amount of time. Um, so I did all the practicing to prepare for interviews um and it just it just wasn't going anywhere. um so then you know when you realize that staying longer to you know be better for next time isn't going to be an option, yeah, then you just you have to move on and you have to look elsewhere mm. and so then I was like, okay, if not finance, then long term plan education and social mobility. And then I thought, okay, I'm not going to move to Nigeria because, no, <laughs> 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 not now, <laughs> not yet. Nah. No, I'm not ready. Yeah. Um, so then I thought I have to do it here in the UK. And then I said, okay, what are the three, so education is such a big jump. What are the three ways I could segue into that? Um, or move directly. So I said I could move into the civil service, which was an unlikely plan A because my mm. finance was just so different. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I could maybe go into consulting and work on their, uh, you know, their government. They work with the government in various areas, public sector work. Yeah. So I could do those sorts of things, or um, I could do a master's in education or public policy or something like that and then move in afterwards.
3: I see, okay.
2: Um. And so at the point where I realized that I had to actually move on from finance, I started pulling those three strings at the same time to see which one would come through first. Um, I wouldn't mind either of those three. Um, I would have preferred the, what going straight into the education field, which is right. thankfully what I managed to get. Um, but in indifferent between the three beggars can't be choosers right oh, sometimes
1: so let's let's get into how you actually make the move right so it's one thing wanting to do it and there's an actually actually executing on that um, idea of actually moving and probably that's the hardest part for a lot of people making the move and before you make the move there's a number of elements in the background that kind of feed into you actually dropping your pen and walking out of the building right so walk us through your process of actually switching lanes
2: yes so the process uh it it took a lot of thinking um like i i i tried to get as much alone time as possible to think about what i wanted out of the next move um and it started off with the education thing. I want to advance social mobility and education. Right. Anywhere in the world. It doesn't really matter. But preferably, eventually, Nigeria or broadly in, in Africa. Mm. Now, but let's start close to home. Yeah. So I wasn't ready to move to Nigeria. Not yet. Um, and so I had to find ways to do it within the UK or, you know, closer, like, relatively close to uk um i started speaking to uh, a range of like friends and mentors people that had left the bank mm. um and just pe- like people random people on linkedin that i saw were doing interesting things in the field of education as well how did you get there you know what was your story that sort of thing um now i only started sort of looking more broadly after speaking to one of my mentors and she's really, really like, she's one of those candid mentors that you need in your life. Right. You know, you need at least one of those people that will tell you, you're making a stupid move, don't do this. Um, but she was surprisingly s- supportive, but she said, you're thinking too narrowly. Um, because I, I think it's because I started in finance, I was looking in sort of the business world, you mm. know, the city. Yeah. Uh, big buildings, consulting, finance, I don't know, what else, what, whatever else, <laughs> there, I don't even know what, what else no. there was at the time. As long as there's a big building. Exactly, big <laughs> yeah. building, uh, nice perks, looks great on the CV, whatever yep. that means. Uh, so um, I think that was my narrow lens. Um, and then she she caused me to sort of look more widely, think right. a bit more rogue, you know, like, she said, she said, you know, you're going into the field that isn't as linear and as structured as finance in terms of career progression. Yeah. So think outside the box. Um, so after speaking to a range of people, I arrived at like three relatively straightforward ways I can segue into the education field. Uh, the first one was to uh, go directly into the civil service and work it in the department for education or anything related to education it could have been international development education Uh, any of those would have been great the second was to work in consulting and work on public sector projects Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes it's to do with education it could be um nhs related work so healthcare or crisis management after hurricanes and stuff so there could be anything government related
3: right
2: um and then the final one was uh to go and do a masters in education or public policy that sort of field and then move into work having that sort of knowledge base right it acts as a bit of a reset to say, look, I'm signaling to the market that I now want to do this new new thing. Um so I decided on those three fields and then I realized um because of uh, the reasons I was mentioning about um if you if I stayed in my role longer I would have been too experienced yep. for other roles. Yeah. Um and you know I couldn't move into like fresh finance roles. So I knew that actually, the longer I stayed, the more specialist I became mm. and the harder it would have been to move into something drastically different like education. So I knew that actually I couldn't, I couldn't stay in my role and look for those things for longer than a year. Okay. So that was my broad timeline. Um, and I started pretty much immediately, um, I, but I wanted to force myself uh, So this is the other dimension i wanted to force myself not to stay comfortable so i've doing catch-ups within the firm you realize that there are a number of people that have become too comfortable with their careers and Mm. they've wanted to move but for whatever reason Mm. be it money be it i don't know what i want to do or i kind of wanted to do this but i didn't really it wasn't the right time yep. yeah any excuse you can find yeah. someone in the firm has told like told me about why they'd stayed um for you know decades at times and they're not really passionate about their roles they don't really know what they're still doing there but the money's <laughs> good so it's too late to move now <laughs> right um and i didn't want to fall into that trap i realized it was quite easy um and so i gave myself a deadline of uh three months to look for a wow. new role. Crazy, I know. But I just, it was now or never. Because um, I didn't want to stay for, t- for too long at all. Um, and so I looked for a few months um, and I had a few things in the pipeline that looked promising. Okay. And when I was fairly confident that I could get something, I resigned without having anything lined up. Bold. Yes, kick up the backside to actually make sure you execute and make sure that one of them comes through. And if not, you are applying with the same fire as you did at uni. Mm, you know that you know after uni yeah. when everyone was like, Oh, yeah. what am I gonna do with my life? I can't be really this broke for the rest of my life. <laughs> <time." laughs> and the same fight like you so I needed to instill that and I think it, it worked really well. Um
1: yeah interesting um talk to me about like future proving that decision of resigning without having anything yes. lined up
2: <clears throat> yes yeah, so
1: if, the, if it didn't work what were you gonna do
2: okay there were so many plans plan mm. a to like f right. i'm not gonna walk through all of them fair but um the the first thing i did was to make sure i wasn't burning bridges at the time Mm. uh, at the firm i was basically the only one working on what i did i see i was the only one who knew what the job was and how to use all the systems because um i mentioned there had been turnover but they'd been um taking some time to like replace people Mm. and so i didn't want to just leave and there not be continu- continuity in the business, um. So I thought actually I don't have anything lined up. So let me not rush off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just chill for a bit. Let <laughs> me chill for a bit. So instead of like giving the standard one month notice, we negotiated an extra month to have them look for somebody in the first month, and mm. then hopefully, um, one they're coming, when they come in, I can train them mm. in the second month. Too. I see. Okay. So it was it was like a you know, a win win situation. Um so that gave me some extra time to yeah. actually find something. And when I was contingency planning, um I mentioned I had the three strings I was pulling at yep. the same time. Yeah. And then outside of those I was saying, Okay, what if none of them comes through? Like what if I quit my job, I don't have any money left, I have to move out, can't pay rent. Um I just Fortunately, at the time I was in the position to move back in with my parents. Um, they live, uh, you know, my family lives in the UK, so I could just go back home um, and then figure out what to do. Um, so within my various contingency plans was to volunteer um, as a tutor. You know, it's something to do with education. All of my contingency plans linked in some way to social mobility and education. Right. Um, which is very important because even whilst I was um, not in the trajectory that I wanted I wanted to make sure that it was in the future it would benefit so it wasn't like a complete waste of time mm, yeah, you know? yeah I wasn't like working in retail when when I wanted to be in education you know it's like completely different Right. Um. so my other So my last resort contingency plan had to be something that I could do with like so easily. Like you didn't need to apply, you didn't need to qualify for anything. You will 100% get it if you you, like, uh, you know, request it. And so that was to go to Nigeria to do my <laughs> conscription year you know, the NYC. Yeah. Do you guys have that in Ghana?
0: Yeah, yeah, we have National
1: Service. National right. service. Did you do yours?
2: None of you have done this. No, I did. I did, did mine. Really? I was a
1: teaching assistant for oh, a nice. year, yeah. I did mine for three months and I left. You didn't? <laughs> so, I don't have my certificate. So, I oh, I, I wow. did it with this oil and gas firm. Mm. And then, the company we work for, the offer came true and I said to my boss, <laughs> adios amigos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, so... It
2: my plan my contingency plan was to go home and do that for the year mm. um reason being that in the future you know the plan was to go back and do that and it you know if i hadn't had my certificate then i might not be able to get the projects that yeah. i wanted with the government or work in the firms that i would want to um so even my last resort would in some way although it was a big sacrifice at the time, yeah. would work towards the main goal. So that's one thing I would recommend for people who um, maybe are, um, I don't know, scared about making the move or your contingency planning. I'd say definitely make sure your contingency plan is something that you don't need to like qualify for. Yeah, um, And it's also something, if you can, that, if you can make it so that works towards your ultimate goal. Yeah. Whatever that may be.
1: I like how you plan, like in my head, it looks like a massive storyboard where you connected a lot of like pins yeah. and threads. It took threads. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so talking yeah. about the process. Mm. So you, you lined up the things you wanted to do, but you also mentioned you took a pay cut. Yes. And then talk us through like building a buffer, like you know making sure you have enough to survive that because the whole money bit especially in like the big cities is very crucial you would run out super quick
2: yeah so one of the things i was scared about was um that like knowing that regardless of where i go it will have to be a pay part like finances as a grad is one of the best paid roles you could be in uh, I have been told that is a lie generally
1: well. <laughs>
2: depending on what part of the bank you're in uh, shade <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> um so yeah it, it really varies um mm. so I knew that it would have to be a pay cut but I just didn't know like how much I could live on yeah so when I plan to leave so as soon as I plan to leave finance, I started testing my lifestyle to see how much I can cook without. And I landed at so it was like a period of three months, living on less. You can't spend on convenience things. You can't just book an Uber because it's raining. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that, you know, go, walking out, going to Leon for lunch, and then going to Crush to go and buy a smoothie. And yeah. Like, oh, the high life. So much money wasted. Um so i i tested my lifestyle cooking lunch um and i realized that i could actually survive on about 50 percent of my s- salary wow okay. very easy like if i just stopped spending on rubbish mm. um and so i realized that actually the job i needed uh, that i could go into I, there was a lot of wiggle room and pay um and so uh moving into the civil service it was um I mean compared to finance anything would be a, a significant pay cut right yeah. so I, I don't think um it was like beyond ordinary pay cut um, right. um do you want me to give the figure uh
0: no i don't think nah. that, <laughs> that, that would make people start commenting yeah, right? yeah
2: um okay so i um what else i forgot what the question was
1: i'm sorry no it was it was just like how did you prepare for it so you so So, did you build a buffer did you like what what, yeah so
2: i was preparing for it by um like i said um seeing if i could live on less and how much less Mm, mm. i also spent that time whilst i was living on less i saved the rest so like building an emergency fund and i built myself like a three and a half four months emergency fund so like if i didn't find a job after resigning and then i had the two months of working and Mm. then three and a half months after that so it gave me about a good five months five months yeah to actually look for a job which is a healthy amount of time yeah um so i think at that point i was fairly confident that within five months the economy was doing well you know unemployment was like record low that i could find something in that time um and I actually, thankfully, I managed to find something even before the first month elapsed. Okay. Um, which was which was awesome.
0: Did you did you come across any major or even minor rejections? And if you did, how did you yeah. how did you deal with it?
2: Because I was so targeted in where I was applying. Yeah. Um, that I I didn't apply anywhere and everywhere. I already I see. had. A limited number of firms and avenues that i could go down yeah so every rejection felt like a big blow yeah like, ah. yeah um but i think aside from that i knew that okay if everybody rejects me i would just gonna do my masters cool. i see okay yeah
1: so now now that you've made you've made the move mm-hmm. how are you surviving it because you've moved from um one industry to a completely new one yeah it's a different vibe it's a different um set of well, you already mentioned the soft skills are the same but then i think the hard skills begin to differ yeah,
3: yeah.
1: in general how are you su- surviving civil service is it is it something you want to stay in do you want to switch back we're always happy to welcome you back into <laughs> finance but yeah, yeah. how is that how, how is that going
2: so it's going really really well mm. um i i i only like i really want to stay in the civil service for as long as Right. Um, The environment is so different. Like the world that you operate in is completely different. Like, um, so you know, like understanding when the next general election is and what your flow of how your flow of work can change Mm -hmm. um, depending on like the recess period in between elections. Yeah. um, Or like things like Brexit and how they affect your workflow because it really does affect your workflow in the civil service. and that's just something i'd never have to had to deal with before but mm. i i really like it it's so interesting it's a it's a different level of like pressure and approach to excellence you really have to be good at everything you do right um not for yourself but in service of like the public yeah which is it's a really interesting dynamic and i and i really enjoy it
1: was there any one thing you had to do drastically to fit into your new industry?
2: Yeah, it was a massive culture shock, um, that I didn't expect uh, or that I underestimated. Mm. Um, so in now that I look back, I realised that when I started finance, I didn't actually start a f- from like scratch. Yeah, we'd already been pretty much groomed from university. Yeah, to understand the financial concepts, to know what you know. The pros and cons of investing in bonds, well, equities, and that sort of thing. Um, so when we started, we also started with a cohort, mm. and we had a massive training program. Correct. When you're a lateral hire, you don't get any of that. Mm. The learning is big, like is down to you. Right. You have to go out and research yourself, um, and you know, reach out to people who are experts. Yeah. And so um, I found that. More of a struggle than I thought. I just didn't real. I just didn't realize that I needed to do that. To so do you that, had yeah. to. You, you have to learn as you go, and it's so it, what. What that meant was it took me a bit longer to get up to speed than I expected. Right. Um, but I got there,
1: it's fine. Looks like you're, you're doing pretty well, though. I'm
2: loving it, man, it's awesome. And we revoke you put, you your come. access back into finance. Yeah, well, you're she, more than welcome. She doesn't China. look like
0: she's going to need it,
2: Yeah, so. yeah. yeah it's fine. <laughs> She'll be okay.
1: Before you leave us, do you do you want to drop like your top three switching lanes tips for people who yes. are considering or even thinking about making similar moves?
2: Yes. Uh, So the first tip I would say is to speak to as many people as you can Mm. who have been through the same thing. Um, If you're not sure what field you want to go into or you have like a number of different interests, speak to as many people as you can in those areas. So that's number one. Number two is when you have crossed that mental bridge of saying you are going to leave. Make sure you actually leave and hold yourself to that. and contingency plan as much as possible Um, if you are worried about you know the financial impact or the impact on your lifestyle test it out and see how you can live if you change look at um, Glassdoor or various online resources to see what the Typical salary is in the field you're looking to go into and see whether you can live on the after tax amount of whatever that figure is. Right. Um, and finally, is to what once you've realize what role you're going into speak to people there to see what adjustments you need to make and how you can hit the ground running
1: mm-hmm. thank you very much for your time it, it was a pleasure to kind of speak to you and i think me. some of the things that you've shared um would be relatable to a number of people and hopefully they can make the same moves or begin to think about kind of considering stuff like this so thank you for sharing your time with us
2: no right, thank you for having me
1: you already know don't ask me no questions speaking at you